Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Scripture reading this morning is Psalms 96. According to Billy's note, it kind of looks like it was verse 1, but I think Ed wanted me to read the whole chapter, so I tried. Okay, Psalms 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds amongst all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord in strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exalt and all that is in it. Let the trees of the forest, then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and all the people in his faithfulness. Psalms 96. Thank you, Brother Dave. Our speaker this morning is a familiar face, our brother Ed Scott. Ed's been in fellowship with us here for a number of years, but he was in the planning group for the assembly. He just chose to stay at Hiawassa, though he lived in Claremont. And then Phil's came out together, what, about six years ago? Something like that? Five years ago. And uh, I'll stop my intro because Ed's almost to the front at this point, but <laughs> we're happy to have our brother Ed Scott. We'll turn the remainder of our time over to him. <clears throat> Good morning again. If you'd like to turn to it, the focus of my message this morning is on Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> oh, the battery's dead, sorry. Oh, this isn't on? No, the battery's dead, sorry. Well, we'll just get it out of the way then. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This gives us the story of creation. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Let's just stop there for a minute. Unlike God, who is eternal, no beginning or ending, heaven and earth had a beginning. And the present earth will have an ending. It's going to blow up. Or however. 
it's going to have an ending. So there's a difference <clears throat> between God and heaven and earth. Verse 2, And the earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, meaning that the earth was covered with water and darkness. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In verse 4, God divided the light from the darkness. Now all of this, God did in the first day. <clears throat> then on the second day, God said, let there be a firmament, or what we would call land. Let there be land in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters. So there was a division. What do you suppose it was, 50-50? 50% 50 land, 50% water? No. My information tells me that it was 29% land and 71% water. So the earth is covered mostly with water. <clears throat> In day three, vegetation was created upon the land. In day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars appear. And this is where time began as we know it. Based on the rotation of the earth, on its axis, and its orbit around the sun. We measure it in hours or minutes and hours, uh, days, months, and years. That's where we get our calendar and all of that. So that's where time began. Day five, let the waters bring forth abundant life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. Here's the word firmament again, but it means the, the upper atmosphere. <clears throat> but it was day six that God made the most incredible creation of all, man. On day six, God created man. <clears throat> and we read from verse 20, drop down to verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. As sort of a side note here, I want to call your attention back to verse 26 where it says, Let us make man in our own image. Notice it does not say, I will make man in my image. It doesn't say that. Rather, it says in our image, meaning that 
it's going to be in the image of more than one person. I personally believe that this is stated here with the intentions of teaching us that the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was active in creation. God was the author of it, or you might say the architect. The Son was the one who executed the design. He says, uh, uh, or rather, he, he spoke, and it came into being. This is what we read in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were, were framed by the Word of God. The Word of God, that's another name for the Son of God. We read that in John chapter 1. Uh, let me say this at this point. I would prefer you put your Bibles down because I'll be back and forth jumping around to different verses and rather than you trying to find them uh, while I'm going on, you'll miss something. So just, I'll, I'll, read, the, I'll read the scripture and uh, you just follow along with what I read and, and that'll work fine, I think. <clears throat> so we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals these truths to us. We find that in the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next, I want us to think about some things uh, God created on that fifth day <clears throat> where it says, let man have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air. Do you think that he was just talking about the bland lurking turtle dove or the colorless uh, catfish? I don't think so. And Andy has put together some pictures this morning for us for some of the more colorful, exotic birds and fish to show us just what the wonder is of all that God created and put under man's dominions. So Andy, if you can, you're on? Okay, I've got my little thing here that I'm supposed to use too. <clears throat> God created them all. And we're going to start with the, uh, the birds, some of the birds. And uh, you just notice uh, the different creations of the colors. Can I turn this off to make it easier for us to see? That would be, yes. Right. Notice the, the, the colorful creation he has here. This, this bird in particular here. Whoop, hit the wrong button. There we go. Got to keep my hands off of these things. Uh, look at this one right here. All the different colors in that one bird. And, and just imagine 
there, there's one feather, that's one color, and right next to it, there's a feather of a different color. Now, how can that be? How can that be? And it's, it's on and on in these. See the different colors and the different things. Uh, different, uh, and, and here's, uh, we'll see another picture of this one. But here, look at that. And look at this guy over here. What happened to him? <laughs> Strange. But this, this is a few, and here's some more. And maybe <clears throat> this is the crowning one right here. And you know, these others, are, we don't see them in this part of the country, but this one we do. They're local, and uh, they're beautiful. The, the, I want you to look at the, the feathers and the, the different eyelets on each feather. Isn't that something? How can that ha just happen? To, to believe that all of this happened with a big bang or with a, something crawling out of the sea, uh, and one cell and, and evolution brings on this. It's, it's incredible that anybody could believe that. But if they don't believe in God and don't want to accept God, then they got to have another excuse, right? But here again, look at the different colors, uh, different uh, designs, feathers. Here's the, the wings is all the color here, and very stark yellow, or purple and white. He's got a little top knot on his head, and there's a pretty one. So God has created all of these things for our amazement. <clears throat> now let's look at the fish. Same thing. Look at this guy. Imagine that design. Could that just happen? And here's some uh, interesting ones, yellow and black. They all, one, after the same species, one after another, they don't uh, <clears throat> mix. He's got some cross uh, colors right there. He's got a fancy tail. There's a big one. Oh, and look at this guy. Look at that design. Isn't that amazing? Oh, more. I like this little fellow down here. He's got a, like a bandage around his head, a bandage around his middle, and a bandage around his tail. I wonder if that's maybe to uh, tell a predator, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to eat me. I'm bad. Stay away from me. Look at those designs. Look at him. That's, that's something there, too. Here, this guy, he's got his tail's on fire. And he's uh, looking for some way to put it out. That's another pretty one. So, all of these things. God created and put under the dominion of man.
I received a card on Thursday from a dear friend at Hiawasa. Uh, most of you know her, Pam Nunn. <clears throat> Pam sent me a card uh, just to uh, inquire, how am I doing? Thinking about you, miss you, and uh, uh, we're doing fine. And uh, just an encouraging type of card she sent me. And uh, I want you to look what the, what's on the front of that card. Is that just a coincidence, too? <laughs> uh, I had to laugh when I saw that. <clears throat> so, as beautiful as um, these birds and fish are, they are still under the dominion of a greater creation, and that is man. So while, while we're talking about beauty and creation, God didn't create man ugly. I think Adam and Eve were beautiful, beautiful people. The unattractive mankind that we see today is the result of the fall. When Adam sinned, man's beauty was marred. Both man and the earth were put under a curse. And so you see what it has uh, turned out to be today. <clears throat> but now back on my focus, uh, let us make man in our own image. What does that mean? What is the image of God? Since God is a spirit, this could not mean physical image, could it? So we need to look elsewhere, and I suggest that we look at his attributes. We look at his attributes to get an image of God. And what are some of them? Would you agree with me that love probably is the premier image of God? God is love. We find that statement twice in the first epistle of John, in chapter 4. And then we find the phrase, the love of God, 12 times in the New Testament. Then there is that John 3.16, the best known verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him hath everlasting life. It <clears throat> should not perish rather than have everlasting life. So, love. The attribute of love. Three times in John's Gospel, Jesus commands us to love one another. John chapter 13 and verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Twice in that verse right there. Then in John chapter 15 and verse 12, he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Drop down to verse 17 in that same chapter. These things I command you, 
that ye love one another. Now, can anyone uh, doubt about this commandment, have doubt about this commandment? Really hard to misinterpret, isn't it? I command you. In one form or another, this is repeated nine more times in the New Testament. So it has to be at the top of the list of how we should exhibit this attribute of God. It is also a testimony to the world that we belong to Jesus. We find that in another, another place. That's how the world will know that we are his. So the question is, how well are we doing on this most important attribute? Admittedly, and unfortunately, not all Christians are lovable. Do we show love to them? I command you, love one another, period. No picking, no choosing. Love one another. Moving on, <clears throat> if we are to display the image of God, we need to display these attributes. And they're found in Exodus chapter 34 and 6. There's... Um, it's there that God is speaking to Moses on the mount. And listen as I read. And the Lord passed by him, or before him, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. Or we can go to Psalm 86, which was read this morning. But I don't, probably that verse didn't jump out at you there. <clears throat> in verse uh, 15 of Psalm 86, it says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and in truth. Here again, compassion, grace, gracious, long-suffering, mercy, and truth. If you recall, Brother Fred Coson spoke on some of these same attributes the last Lord's Day. But... Uh, he spoke on them with a different uh, direc direction. Compassion and mercy seem to be pretty much the same thing, so let's have a look at what the Scripture says about being merciful. The first place we find this attribute mentioned is in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise! Take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, 
the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And this, of course, is referring to the destruction of Sodom. The Lord laid a hand on him and brought them out of the city. <clears throat> the Lord being merciful. The last place this attribute is found is in Hebrews chapter 8, where God is speaking about his covenant with the house of Israel, listing the things he will do for them. And in verse 12, he says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? And it's between these two places that we find it repeated many other times about the mercy or the mercifulness of God. When someone has wronged us and, and we feel that we have a right to ask for the wrong to be made right, are we willing to be merciful and show them kindness instead? If someone <clears throat> takes your coat, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but if someone takes your coat, give him your shirt also, the Lord said. Isn't that what we're, what's meant here? We're, we're willing to go beyond to show uh, mercy instead of de demanding uh, a recourse? So I get, again ask a question. Uh, how are we doing here? What's our ranking here on a scale of one to 10 about being merciful? Showing that attribute in our lives. Gracious. Well, the Lord Jesus himself is our example of one being gracious. Luke 4 and 22, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. 1 Peter 2 and 3, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And one of my favorite verses is in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and I'm sure you know it well too. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. Oh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can probably think of some person or persons who always seem to be gracious in their manner of conduct. I can think of a sister of Hiawatha and her name just happened to be Grace, Grace Horton. She was always a gracious person. The name really suited her. And uh, that's just one that comes to my mind, but you probably can think of someone too. Uh, so the question is, can it be said of you or me that uh, we display that gracious attitude that the Lord had? <clears throat> long-suffering. There are many scriptures where we read of, the, of God's long-suffering with us. So if we are made in the image 
of God, we should also be long-suffering. We should be long-suffering with those that try our patience. And that does come, doesn't it? There are people who try our patience. These attributes do not come naturally, do they? They don't come naturally. We're far more prone to think about ourselves than others. Do any of you remember <clears throat> the me generation? See some heads nod, yeah. The me generation is a term referring to the baby boomers. Um, that generation of baby boomers that were children born to couples after World War II. Their fathers were mostly returning servicemen. And whether or not your father was one of those, if you were born between the years of 1945 and 1975, you are a baby boomer. Interesting, <laughs> just a couple of days ago, I was watching something on the television and that person said something about baby boomers. Wow, I said, I haven't heard that coming on the television in a long time, but I heard it. <clears throat> the 1970s were dubbed the me decade. Obviously, this did not include everyone. There were those with good Christian upbringing that were not swept up into it, but many were, and to them, Life was all about me, me first. Vain people, vanity could be attributed to them. Self-centered, egotistical. Mm. And to some degree, we're all afflicted by this sin nature that we were born with. We're born with physical life, but we're born spiritually dead. So let me ask a question of you. Hey, of you. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me ask a question of you who have raised children, or you're raising children now. Did you have to teach? your children to be selfish and to want their way? No. Just as soon as they're able to do it, they let you know what they definitely want, don't they? They're very, very selfish. But who among us adults, as believers, can keep the commandment that was given by God to Moses in Leviticus 19 and repeated by Jesus in Matthew 19, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Can we keep it? No. We all fall short of that commandment. And the Lord knew that we couldn't keep it. And that's why he had to 
to come. <clears throat> However, when we were born again and given spiritual life in Jesus, we now have the power to say no to those selfish desires. And instead of that, we have the power to be compassionate. We have the power to be gracious, long-suffering, merciful. And this is just a sampling <clears throat> of the attributes that God has, there are, there are many more. So it's in that sense that we were created in the image of God to share and display His attributes. What a privilege is ours to be given this responsibility, if you want to call it that, a privilege, more, more of a privilege. Unfortunately, um, I'm told <clears throat> that there are some believers who feel they should not consider themselves worthy of this privilege. It's not worthy. They, they uh, will not embrace it and enjoy it. I think there's a name for them, but I can't remember uh, if there is a name for them. <clears throat> But in doing so, they dishonor the one who created them in his own image. But here, listen to this. Perhaps the greatest blessing of all is this. Being made in the image of God also allows man to communicate with him, to have fellowship with him, an open door to speak to him, and know that we're heard. We have that confidence that we have a personal relationship with the God of the creation. And when we speak to Him in prayer, He hears us individually. We can all be praying at the same time, but He hears each one of us individually. That's the kind of a God we have. <clears throat> And he speaks to us by his written word and by interventions in our lives. I think we've all experienced that, that he does things for us and we can recognize that that's, that has to be of the Lord. And so we have this fellowship of, with the God of creation the Almighty One. <clears throat> and if that's not enough, they promise us an eternity to be with Him in His kingdom. We're promised an eternity to spend eternity with Him in His kingdom. We alone are made in His image. Do we really appreciate it? Being in the image of the Creator of the universe, do we really appreciate it? To be known and cared for personally by Him? So let's never forget this. Celebrate it. 
Praise Him for it. Display it at every opportunity. And God will be honored. Let's close in the word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, again we want to thank you for making us in your image and everything that goes with that. Help us to be careful to show the world that we're very different from it, displaying Christ's likeness to the lost. The epistle to be read of all men, we're told. Now we <coughs> commend ourselves into your care as we travel to our homes. In the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.